Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, number one, from New Zealand Herald on the 15th of August, stalling at the lights, low prices, FOMO and election can't ignite property rebound. Second topic from Stuff on the 15th of August, rent rises pick up, government seems hell-bent on punishing residential landlords. Third topic from One Roof on the 14th of August, first home loan scheme is open to abuse, claims first home buyer advocate. Fourth topic from interest.co.nz on the 16th of August, a ban on foreign home buyers could be changed under a national-led government, while Labour warns any change could be irreversible. And fifth topic for this week in review from One Roof on the 16th of August, surge or splutter. What are the predictions for house prices in 2024? So first up for this week in review from the New Zealand Herald on the 15th of August, stalling at the lights. Low prices, FOMO and election can't ignite property rebound. The upcoming election has failed to boost the sluggish housing market despite expectations that lower prices and pre-election interest might spur activity. According to recent Real Estate Institute data, the national median house price fell 1.3% from June to July, reaching 770000 by the end of last month. Auckland prices also dropped 1% to 990,000 between the same months. Notably, sales volumes plummeted 15% nationally with only 4,903 properties sold last month. Auckland sales volumes declined 15.4%, totaling just 1,645 sales. Jen Beard, Real Estate Institute of New Zealand CEO, speculated that lower prices and the election could encourage buyers, but that hasn't materialized. Median prices have decreased significantly compared to the previous year, with the national median price declining by 4.9% annually. Excluding Auckland, median prices decreased 5.4% annually. Total properties for sale nationally decreased by 12.4% annually and 6.4% from June to July. All regions except for Marlborough, experienced decreases in listings since July, with 6 of 15 regions seeing listings drop by over 20% year-on-year. Despite reported increased buyer activity, Baird attributed these decreases to the looming election and ongoing economic challenges. The house price index in July showed a 0.7% monthly increase, but a 6.9% decline compared to the same period last year. ASB predicts continued price trajectory due to cooling net migration and restrictive interest rates. Westpac senior economist Satish Ranchod believes that the housing market will pick up next year with an expected 8% price increase before December. Several major banks raised home loan rates recently, which adds extra pressure onto mortgage holders. So here are my thoughts on this. House price medians and averages do tend to fluctuate depending on the types of properties that are sold in any given month. At the end of the day, what we're talking about here is a decrease in the nationwide median house prices of $10,000 from June to July. Not exactly earth-shattering, is it? With regards to the reduced sales volumes, this often happens during winter, and general elections also tend to slow down market activity. 
There are many, if not most, economists who are expecting to see further house price increases of up to 10% before the end of this year. And we're certainly seeing increased interest in the property market at the moment. So if you're holding on to hope that prices are going to drop further, I suspect that you're going to be deeply disappointed. Second topic for this week in review from staff on the 15th of August, rent rises pick up. Government seems hell-bent on punishing residential landlords. Rent hikes are resurfacing, prompting property investors to suggest that official data might be downplaying the magnitude of the surge. Stats New Zealand reported that in July, rental prices climbed by 4.1% for both newly leased and ongoing tenancies. This marks a return to the level of yearly increase not observed since September of the previous year. Property investor Peter Lewis asserted that the actual rate of increase in the market might surpass these figures. Stats New Zealand's methodology involves including properties in the current tenancy measure for two years following bond lodging. If no additional bond is lodged, the property exits the data set. However, few landlords adjust bonds when rent rises. Lewis said he regularly updates rents as his costs rise a practice which is common amongst New Zealand businesses, yet he's never supplemented any bond, although this is legally permissible. Consequently, according to government statistics, his rent levels would remain the same to those from one, four or eight years ago. He added that while he's working on around 7% increases, these fall short of offsetting larger percentage surges in council rates, insurance premiums, maintenance expenses, and the alarming rise in what he described as his already substantial tax burden. Stats New Zealand clarified that if a property falls out of the stock data, it'll be reintegrated when a new bond is lodged. They emphasised the extensive scope of tenancy bond data, which encompasses most rental properties in New Zealand. Lewis highlighted that many investors are only now grappling with the changes of eliminating tax deductibility for interest expenses. He criticised the current government's approach of penalising residential landlords despite declining rental availability and a growing Housing New Zealand waiting list. He pointed out that they conduct an annual assessment of rent prices, making adjustments that closely align with inflation in order to maintain rates that are approximately 5% lower than current market rents. Kelly Eckhold, Westpac's chief economist, expressed surprise at the July upswing observing a consistent pattern in that trend. He speculated that higher rental returns might attract more individuals into the housing market. Westpac's projection anticipates an 8% increase in house prices for the forthcoming year. Eckhold explained that when considering housing market trends for the upcoming year, investors might not play a significant role due to high interest rates and limitations on interest tax deductibility, However, the scenario could change with rising rents, which would increase the rental returns on property. He contemplated that if the National Party formed the next government and reversed the tax deductibility change, that could also influence house prices. Miles Workman, ANZ's senior economist, conveyed that rent adjustments would hinge on household incomes and supply-demand dynamics. He noted that landlords might not be able to fully transfer increased expenses to higher rents due to factors such as regulations, rates, insurance and tax changes. This situation could lead to fewer landlords offering rentals, causing a decrease in rental supply 
and potentially adverse social outcomes. But here are my thoughts on this. Landlords can't simply increase rent to cover their cost increases. That's not how it works in real life. Market rent is determined by supply and demand. It's basic economics. So when rents are increasing, it's because there's higher demand from tenants and limited supply of rental properties. Market rent tends to reach a natural ceiling when rents become unaffordable in a particular area. And then market rents increase again as tenants' income increases because that makes higher rents affordable again. If there were more supply of rental properties, there wouldn't be rent increases. It's my opinion that it's really naive of the government to think that they could make significant changes to the costs faced by private landlords who provide approximately 85% of all the rental properties in New Zealand, especially at a time when interest rates are above average, and that those changes wouldn't affect market rent. Even the government's own advisors recommended against the removal of tax deductibility because it would increase market rent. I mean, when even the Inland Revenue advises against something that's going to increase the tax take, you've got to think that maybe, just maybe, it's a dumb idea, right? Well, as history shows us, this current government's pretty good at seeking advice and then ignoring the recommendations if it doesn't support what they wanted to do anyway. Landlords are pretty peeved about these changes, and in my opinion, tenants should be equally as peeved at the government. 57 days to go till the election, just say. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, available live online or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you've already been to one of our free events and would like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can also book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website, propertyapprentice.co.nz. Topic number three for this week in review, from One Roof, 14th of August, First Home Loan Scheme is Open to Abuse, claims First Home Buyer Advocate. Mortgage brokers have informed One Roof that a significant portion of individuals participating in New Zealand's First Home Loan Scheme are recent arrivals to the country. However, brokers, which are now called mortgage advisors, have expressed concerns that overseas applicants are subjected to less scrutiny than New Zealand citizens, which has led to criticism that the scheme could be open to abuse. Advisors highlighted that there's often no reliable way for them to ascertain the amount of debt new arrivals hold or whether they own property in other countries. They frequently have to rely on signed declarations from overseas applicants trusting that these individuals intend to make their purchased property their permanent home. The First Home Loan Scheme is designed to allow eligible beneficiaries to purchase a home with just a 5% deposit, rather than the standard 20%, with the goal of assisting more Kiwis in acquiring their first homes. The loans are issued by participating lenders only, such as Westpac and Kiwi Bank, but the government's housing agency, Kayang Aura, underwrites them. In the 12 months leading up to March of this year, 883 properties were bought using the scheme, marking a significant increase of 491% compared to the previous year. However, Kayanga Aura doesn't possess a breakdown of the residency status of applicants, 
noting that individual lenders are responsible for ensuring applicants meet the loan criteria. While the eligibility criteria and application process for the first home loan scheme are said to be consistent for all applicants, regardless of their residency status, critics argue that there needs to be more stringent scrutiny of applicants to prevent potential misuse. Leslie Harris, spokesperson for the First Home Buyers Club, suggested that at a minimum, the criteria should require permanent residency status and a minimum of three years of living in New Zealand, which would align it with the KiwiSaver withdrawal rules. Mortgage advisors also expressed concerns that the scheme might inadvertently favour new residents due to less stringent credit checks and verification processes for overseas applicants compared to New Zealand citizens. While the scheme aims to assist first-home buyers, there is a growing sentiment that it might be allowing newcomers with properties abroad to benefit from the government's support, potentially diverting its intended purpose. In response, a Kayanga Ora spokesperson stated that both the applicant and the lender must sign a declaration confirming the information's accuracy, providing some assurance of appropriate checks. However, if false information is discovered, Kayanga Ora could withdraw support for the loan. Housing Minister Megan Woods was approached for a comment on the concerns, but she indicated that she was unable to respond before the deadline, and similarly, Nationals Housing Spokesperson Chris Bishop declined to comment on the matter also. Fourth topic from interest.co.nz on the 16th of August, a ban on foreign home buyers could be changed under a national-led government, while Labour warns that any change could be irreversible. National Party leader Christopher Luxon has confirmed an impending policy announcement regarding the foreign home buyer ban. The party opposed these restrictions in 2018 and aims to boost foreign investment in New Zealand. Luxon acknowledged the necessity of certain restrictions while withholding further details. He stated that the party would address this topic in conjunction with their tax policy. Despite speculations that National might lift the ban, Luxon urged patience during radio interviews and stated that the party would provide clarity on their stance soon. In response, Labour's David Parker criticised the potential reversal, highlighting that trade agreements might lock in the change permanently. The Overseas Investment Amendment Bill was passed by Labour in 2018, with the support of New Zealand First and the Green Party, while National voted against it. The ban has significantly reduced foreign purchases of New Zealand homes, with only 0.5% of home transfers involving non-citizens or resident visa holders in the year ending June 2023, which is down from over 4,000 transactions in the year ending June 2018. With 76,088 properties in total sold in that year ending June 2018, though, that equates to about 5.3% of all the sales in that year involving non-citizens or resident visa holders. However, these figures do exclude transactions involving corporate ownership or trust with foreign interests. My thoughts on this are 5.3% of all sales is surely not really enough to actually be a major driver of house price increases, is it? I mean, that's... 94.7% of properties that were sold to New Zealand citizens or resident visa holders. Another way of looking at it is this. What happened to house prices after the foreign buyer ban took effect in October 2018? 
one of the biggest booms in a short period of time that this country's seen in decades. National median house prices increased from $561,500 in October 2018 to 892000 by October 2021. That's a 58.85% increase in median house prices within three years. Now, some people could argue that foreign buyers could have made that even worse, but don't forget it was New Zealanders that made up 94.7% of the buyers before the foreign buyer ban. Fifth topic for this week in review from One Roof on the 16th of August, surge or splutter. What are the predictions for house prices in 2024? As anticipated, the Reserve Bank in New Zealand, the RBNZ, has maintained the official cash rate, or OCR, at 5.5%. However, the accompanying monetary policy statement, or MPS, suggests the possibility of a future rate increase. The MPS language might not offer much comfort to homeowners, as the Reserve Bank in New Zealand hints at a potential cash rate hike in November, according to the New Zealand Herald. While uncertainty persists about mortgage rates, Economists are showing more confidence in house price trends as major banks have revised their growth predictions for 2024. The current 2024 forecasts range from 2.3 to 8% growth, a significant shift from earlier this year when forecasts range from a 2.6% decline to 3.3% growth. Predicting housing market trends is complex influenced by economic factors, interest rates, government policies and unexpected events. Prior to the recent OCR decision, prominent banks, including ANZ, ASB, BNZ, Kiwi Bank and Westpac, were interviewed by One Roof about their optimism regarding the market and the drivers behind their revised housing price and interest rate forecasts. ANZ at the beginning of this year, ANZ economists projected a 1.3% housing price decrease for 2024, but this was upgraded to a 2.3% increase. ANZ senior economist Miles Workman stated, it's important to note that economists aren't always perfectly accurate in forecasting the housing price cycle. He highlighted robust net migration figures over the past year as a surprise driver of increased housing demand and subsequently affecting prices. Policy changes post-COVID, both domestically and internationally, have also impacted the housing market. The Reserve Bank recently eased LVR restrictions, that's the loan-to-value restrictions, and Workman noted an uptick in mortgage demand, especially among first-time buyers. He also mentioned changes in government policies that influenced market trends. From ASB, ASB economists rely on the QV house price index, which differs from other banks' indices, but generally trends in the same direction over time. ASB adjusted its 2024 house price forecast from a 2.6% drop to a 7% increase due to unexpected increases in the net migration figures. ASB's chief economist, Nick Tuffley, indicated that strong signals from the Reserve Bank that the cash rate had peaked also impacted market sentiment. From BNZ, BNZ, using QV data, revised its 2024 house price growth forecast to 7%, which is four percentage points higher than its earlier projection. BNZ senior economist Craig Ebert acknowledged the complexity of long-term predictions and attributed the revised forecast to the substantial rise in net migration numbers. 
From Kiwi Bank, Kiwi Bank's chief economist Jared Kerr noted the impact of rapidly increasing mortgage rates on the housing market. Kiwi Bank initially projected a 4% rise in house prices for 2024, but has now revised it to 5% due to the prevailing interest rate environment. Kerr emphasised that the Reserve Bank's aggressive actions were driving the outlook, with rising rates affecting household spending and economic activity, which was reflected in GST receipts and corporate tax. And from Westpac, Westpac's 2024 house price forecast was revised from 1% growth to 7.7%. Westpac's senior economist, Tish Ranchard, attributed this change to several factors, including a sooner-than-expected market bottoming out, the possibility of peak interest rates, and stronger-than-anticipated population growth. Ranchard also noticed that inflation played a role in reshaping predictions, as the Reserve Bank had to increase the official cash rate to address rising inflation levels. Forecasts are useful because they provide valuable insights and information that can help property investors and home buyers make more informed decisions. However, they do have limitations, which is why it pays to understand your own financial situation and seek professional financial advice. If you'd like to learn more about the property market, register now for upcoming seminars on how to succeed with property investing in 2023. As an experienced property investor and a financial advisor, I'll be sharing valuable insights and expert tips to help you on your journey. We welcome anyone who's interested in property, whether you're a first-home buyer or a seasoned investor. The best part is these sessions are absolutely free. So take advantage of this opportunity. Bring your questions. Ask as many as you like, and I'll see if I can answer all of them in the time allowed. Just remember that I'm not going to be able to give individual financial advice in those sessions because I won't know anything about your individual financial positions. Visit propertyapprentice.co.nz today to secure your spot and register for these free events. Alternatively, if you've already been to one of these free events, you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, through our website, which is propertyapprentice.co.nz, to find out how we can help you the way that we've helped our other clients who've got lifetime coaching support. Thanks for listening.